It's risky. You know, what happens if I change and you don't? Right? What happens if I become a little bit more patient and quiet and then you take advantage of me? Right? And, and you don't change. It's, it's scary, quite frankly. And, I, and there's a reason. There's a reason why I've become the way I am because it's helped me survive. And what you're asking me to do is to let that go. And yes, yes, I know. I know it's hard. But that is love. That is love. There's no greater love than to lay down your life. And this is Eddie. And welcome to the Defying Self podcast. So this is part two of surviving your spouse. And we're continuing the conversation on how we grow together. So so this week we're looking at love, tolerance, tolerance and, and communication. Right. So yeah. what's your what's your sense of what's going to be covered this week? I think we cover the issues of identity in the context of a relationship and a marriage. Right, because we're talking about communication, love, loving the other person, but ultimately you cannot love somebody else more than you love yourself. Right. So for me, it gets back down to how do I love myself so that I can love you? Correct. And so, and then, you know, it kind of goes into this conversation about tolerance or vulnerability. And it it covers, look, I know it's hard to to put your guard down and love a person Mm -hmm. but this is what it looks like to take on pain you know um and then lastly is is communication where we use that to track the history of where we're going yeah and it's not pain for the sake of pain i think it's pain for confronting the vulnerable parts of ourselves so that we eventually get to the place of reward where which is relationship a relationship that is more functional that is beneficial that is healthy that is like a breath of fresh air for the both of us. Right. All right. So if you haven't got a chance to listen to the last podcast, please do. But let's go ahead and get this one rolling. All right. Let's do it. All right. If we're ever going to beat back those ideas and beat back the assumptions and convictions and not respond, right, in a defensive space all the time, I have to start with loving my wife. I have to start with loving my wife. And of course, when we talk about love, um, like we all, again, come to our relationships with this idea of love. All of us grew up watching like these Disney movies, The Lion King, The Dalmatians, and all these things ended with somebody pairing up and being in love. And yeah, Happily ever after, but there's always an after, after the happy. You know, they never talk about what happened after, you know, you have 101 kids to take care of, Dalmatians. <laughs> like, how do you do that? Um, <laughs> so, so what I want to do is, is take down those old ideas of love, and I want to give you a foolproof, a foolproof definition of love, right? You can't lose if you, if you love this way. All right, and this comes from uh, John 15. My commandment is this, love each other as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for um, one's life for one's friends. There's no greater love. There is no greater love than to lay down your life for another person. 
There's no greater love than to lay down your life for your wife. Okay? So the way that I love my wife better, the way that I love her the real way, is, is I actually have to do more work on me, right, than, than I have to focus on giving her stuff or, or reinforcing, you know, uh, her ideas of love. I have to do more work on me. I have to become a better person. And as I become a better person, I create more space for her. As I deal with my anger, I, I give her freedom to be more expressive. As I deal with my issues of contentment and happiness, right, I give her room to feel more engaged and to feel like she's meeting my needs. The way that we love each other is to actually say, God, who do you say I am? And what's the first step towards that? How do I actually move towards that? That's, that's love. That's love. It starts in God's mind. Who does God say you are? Who does, what does God value about you? What, where does God want you to go? I want us to do a quick activity. Um, thank you so much for handing out some papers. Whoever did that, that was awesome. What I'd love you to do, I'd love you just to take two minutes, two minutes, and I want you to focus on, how do I want to do this? It's going to be easier if you write, I want you to write what you believe God loves about your spouse. What does God love about your wife? What does God love about your husband? What's in his heart? What's in his heart for her or him? I just want you to take two minutes. You, this, should be, this should be easy. There's nobody here under two weeks that's been married. So at this point, you should have seen something that's like, hey, I like this, and, and I think God really loves this. So, so one of the things that I would love you all to do um, is to share that with your, with your, with your spouse uh, later today. You know, share, share that, and just a, just a moment that you guys can have, an intimate moment, a private moment, just like, hey, this is, what, this is what I believe God sees in you, right? This is what I believe God um, loves in you, and this is what I love in you, too. Right? This, uh, that, I think that would be a great conversation to have. All right. Um, <clears throat> so I want you to keep this in mind because when you share this and when you hear what your spouse has to say, there should be one thing that happens to you when you hear that. It should affirm something in you. It should say, you know what? Right on. You're right. I think my heart for children is exactly what God loves. You know, my heart to build families or my heart for business I think that's what God loves. And what you have to start thinking about is, okay, God, help me take the first step towards becoming the thing that you have, right? Um, I love, I love the scripture. I, I believe it's, um, I believe it's Philippians. This is the idea of Paul saying, hey, I'm pursuing the very thing that God is pursuing in me, right? It's this issue that I'm going after what God wants in me. And that's, that's my objective, objective. So I want you all to think about what's the first baby step? What's the first small thing I can do to move towards what you want? And I'm going to tell you that your response isn't action-oriented. Oftentimes, your, your response is internal. I need to adjust my hope. I need to adjust my, my joy, right? And as I do that, I create more space for my, my spouse. I create more space for them. All right? So keep that in mind. We're talking about that. That's love, right? That's love.
so here's the reason why some of you will not do this. All right? Here's the reason why some of you will not do this, because it is risky. It's risky. You know? What happens if I change and you don't? Right? What happens if I become a little bit more patient and quiet and then you take advantage of me? Right? And, and you don't change. It's, it's scary, quite frankly. And, and, I, and there's a reason. There's a reason why I've become the way I am because it's helped me survive. It's helped me survive this part of my relational life. Right? And, and whether that's directed towards you or directed towards a dad or a mom or a boss, I've had to build up this wall so I can survive this. And what you're asking me to do is to let that go. Um, and yes, yes, I know. I know it's hard. But that is love. That is love. There's no greater love than to lay down your life. Lay down your life for a friend. Lay down your life for your spouse. It's hard, I know. Um, but I, I want to also encourage you and teach you how we're going to go through this hard thing, which is tolerance. There's a conversation on tolerance. Now, when we talk about tolerance, um, I, I kind of, you know, this is the thing I think about is, is how, do you, um, how, do you, how do you tolerate pain, right? How do you tolerate pain? We got to talk about the journey of tolerating pain. All right, so uh, this is the part of the scripture we already went through, do not conform to the world, patterns, old patterns, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm going to love differently. I'm not going to love with baby girl. I'm going to love with, I need to die and lay some things down, right? And then I'll be able to test and approve. When I talk about test and approve, I'm talking about tolerance. Think about this, right? Test and approve. I have to go through the process to let my failures wash over me, and I learn. I, I, it doesn't kill me. It makes me stronger. I have to go through a process of letting my successes wash over me, and I learn. It doesn't kill me. It makes me stronger, right? It's, it's quite amazing, the institution of marriage, that God said, this is what I want, and this is how I want it. God did that because he's like, hey, there's only so far that, that you can go on your own. I need to give you somebody that has the stuff that you're missing, right? I need to give you somebody that's going to complement the things that I'm building in you. And it's only through that relationship that you become more like me. You won't be able to access um, maturity at a certain level until you marry yourself a table, until you marry yourself a one, right? You need that person so that you can actually stand stronger, that's, that's God's mind. That was his idea of how these things should work. Um, so test and approve. We're going to go through a process of pain. We're going to go through a process of learning. All right? But we're going to go through that very deliberately. We're going to go through that very deliberately. So, so we all kind of deal with pain differently. Right? So one of the things that we tend to see in marriages is this issue of, of uh, a pursuer and a pursued. Right? It's a relational dynamic issue. There's always somebody running, and there's always somebody catching. Right? And it's something that makes it work. It's, it's, it honestly is something that makes it work. Um, but one of the things to keep in mind is, is how, in, when it comes to pain management, some of us are avoiders. Like, I don't want to feel pain. I don't want to feel, let's just have peace. Let's just have peace. I don't, let's not talk about it. Right? Why, why can't we just move on and just love each other? 
And the other person's like, no, 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 we got to talk about it. We got to do it. We gotta, if we're going to get it done, we got to talk about it. You can't just run. You can't just run, right? So you have this dynamic. And the only way that we're going to grow, the only way that we're going to get out of this diminishing pleasure state is everybody has to expose themselves to a little bit more pain. Everybody has to expose themselves to a little bit more pain. So the person running has to slow down a little bit. The person pursuing has to be a little bit more patient. Just a little bit more pain, right? Because as we do that, we give ourselves room to learn, to grow, to be different. We give ourselves room for our minds to be transformed and renewed, right? That's how I don't bring my old ideas, my old struggles into my next argument. I start fresh because I'm going to expose myself to a little bit more pain and I'm going to walk with you through it. And it's uncomfortable and I don't like it, but I know that this is going to help me grow together. This is going to help me grow. Okay. So when I say exposing to more pain, what I'm really talking about is being vulnerable. That's what I'm talking about is learning to be vulnerable. So it's not actually risky business. This is vulnerable business, right? It's me taking a risk. And and so let's talk about what vulnerability is. It's me taking a risk to do something different, knowing that, yo, you can hurt me, but I'm still doing this. You can really say the wrong thing and like break my heart, but I'm still doing it. I'm still going to try it. Being vulnerable is the permission to be dysfunctional and know that I'm safe, right? It's a permission to be like, to know I'm wrong, right? And here's the thing, like as Christian people, we all know what the scripture says. We know the right thing to say, but trying to match up how I feel to the right thing is hard. It's hard. There's a difference between how I feel and the right thing. I already know. I can tell you the scripture for the right thing, but can I be safe to just kind of just kind of struggle with it with you. And, and so I want you to keep this in mind because this is what God does for us. This is the value of grace, right? God looks at us and, and, I'm, and truth be told, like at any point, God can be like, I'm tired of it, Eddie, done. You're a mess, too much sin. You know, just like you're, you're, you're foolish. You're making wrong decisions. But God, and in, in, in think about it, in his perfection, in his perfection says, no, I am in fact, I'm gonna give you a bridge called my son. And, I'm, and he's going to take on your wrongness so that I can be patient with you, so that I can walk with you. I know, I know, I know. Next week, I already know you're going to mess up. I already know. I see it, you know? Yeah, I know. Next conversation is going to be off. But you know what? You went from being off 10 times to this week, you were off nine times. And I'm, I'm proud of you. And, and the week after that, you were off eight times. And I'm proud of you. That's what being vulnerable is. Being vulnerable is, is that I can extend grace and I can, I can feel safe in my struggle. I can feel safe to share it with you and know that you're not going to cut off my head, right? And know that you're not going to hurt me. Because, I'm be, because I can do that, I can grow. I can grow with you. I can tolerate the pain. I can tolerate you and your, and your dysfunction. And, and that's, so, that's so, so important, guys. That's so important. So this is, this, is what we're, this is what we're going towards. Hey, all right. So not sure if you're tired of hearing my voice yet, but here we go. I just wanted to 
do a quick check-in and let you know that we actually took all the content from this podcast and in the last podcast we put it into a course format which would allow you to kind of interact this in a whole different way right you'll have a community you'll have access to us to ask us questions as you go through this we also provide the powerpoint slides and all that it's all free it's there for you um feel free to check it out all you have to do is go over to this url it's it's uh bit.ly slash couples 34 uh that's bit.ly b-i-t dot l-y backslash couples c-o-u-p-l-s 34 all right so let's get right back into the last part of this section And this is the last thing I want to talk about is communication. <clears throat> so, so communication, what's interesting, and I, actually, let's look at the last part of the scripture. Um, so Romans 12, 2, this is the last part, and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Uh, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Can I just say something? Sometimes God does stuff that's all good. It's all good, but it's not always pleasing, right? Yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect. Absolutely perfect. But, oh, man, some bad things had to happen for it to be perfect, right? And, and so it's interesting how God creates these tensions in our lives and, and, and these things that we have to go through. But it always, always produces a version of us that's more like him and a version of us that's accurate, that's right, right? But the only way that we do that is by going through this approval process. Is going, is tracking the journey, is actually being able to see. So, so here's the thing. After every test, there's supposed to be a testimony, right? After every test, there should be a testimony. There should be an opportunity for us to sit down and actually talk about, hey, we had another conversation about money and it usually falls apart, but I noticed that I, I did this differently and I noticed you did this differently, right? Or, or this is what I'm noticing. I get so angry when we talk about this. And, and I think the next step I'm going to take is to just kind of maybe do this in the afternoons when I'm not so stressed, you know, or have this conversation at, at you know, around some dessert <laughs> or whatever. But, but here's the key thing. There's this process where I'm tracking, where I'm, where I'm not just, I'm not just going, I'm not just being crazy, right? And, and you give me permission to be crazy. Look, I, like I said, everybody in this room has permission to be crazy with your spouse, but it's not crazy forever. <laughs> it's, it's crazy in this conversation, and then we need to have a moment of communication. We need to be able to talk about, okay, cool, I know the scripture, and I feel like I can align better with that, and I thank you for supporting me through it. You know, I really appreciate you said this when I was struggling with that. I really appreciate you giving me the back rub because I felt like that's what I really needed. I'm now talking about what we're learning and the journey that we're coming through, right? And, and what we've just experienced. That is so important, so important. Because here's, here's the problem. If communication is missing, what happens is it feels like there's no value in our relationship. If we're not talking, it's like we're just roommates, right? And if there's no value, if we're not going anywhere, if hope starts to fall out. And hopelessness is the number one enemy 
to abundant life, right? I, I work with, with clients that go through suicide risk, and here's a common fact that I see in people's suicide ideation, ideas of suicide, is that they are hopeless. They have no hope. They have nothing in the future. They have nothing in direction, right? They have nothing in a journey. And I don't want that for you. Communication is the lifeblood for us, right? When I communicate with you, I'm able to find out and rehearse, this is where we're heading. This is why we just went through it, right? Here's a testimony of that hard moment that we just had, right? Here's our failure. This is where we kind of, we kind of messed up and, and we, we need to try again. That's communication. So, so let me review this. You go through your tough moments with vulnerability. That's what you use to go through tough moments. But you rehearse and track where you've gone through communication. All right? Vulnerability for the hard times. Communication to be able to track how we're growing and how we're developing and where we're going. I mean, I don't think there's very much to add to that, especially like that last segment um, about vulnerability and communication. At a personal level, I'm like, okay, so that's something that we have an opportunity to continue to delve into and to learn. And I'd love to hear your thoughts, um, questions on this, but I personally really, really appreciated being a part of this conversation. Yeah, definitely. So, guys, we will um, look for your comments and interaction, and we will see you on the next one.